All right. Welcome back, guys. I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. This is Life in the Rough, the podcast. Episode two. All right. How you been, man? Not too bad, Kev. Not too bad. Uh, last week was pretty good, man. How, how about yourself? What'd you get into? Not not too much. I did. Uh, it is January here in the Northeast, but I did manage to weasel my way out onto the course, um, which I can I, I can get into. I think you uh, you might have done something similar. But uh, I I did as well. Martin Luther King Day. Um, very happy to uh, you know have the day off and uh, was able to get out there. Um, Shenacosset was open, um, full T-sheet. Um, we actually went out as a fivesome, which is wow. usually a no-no. But we all shot in the 80s, we, and Shenacosset, honestly, they don't care, which can be a detriment to playing there. Hey, and neither do you. Yeah, 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 no problem at all. Um, but it was good. I mean, it was it was good to get out there. Um, any Anytime you're swinging in, in the winter, it's great. Um, shot in 87. Which I was, you know, all things considered, pretty pleased with. I mean, it was so windy. We probably had a three three club wind um, on the entire back nine, you know, going towards the water. And, you know, that's just, you know, it's difficult when it's 40 degrees out. You've got 30 mile an hour winds blowing in your face and, you know, keeping your composure. It, it's tough, but, um, you know, it, it's always good to get out there swinging. That's for sure. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, um... I got out and played as well. I, I walked nine, but it was a, uh, we'll call it a, we'll call it like a bootleg nine. It was, uh, I live in a condo complex over here and there's a course like right around the corner. And I was actually going to hit balls. There's a, like a covered range, probably like 25 minutes away, but I drove past the course and it was a little bit warmer. So it wasn't, it was maybe like high thirties, maybe around 40. Uh-huh. Um, so like the course was closed, no pins were in the greens, but there was nobody there. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I turned around, I grabbed my push cart, threw my car in the parking lot and just pushed off the back. Um, it was, it was comical. It was cold. There was like ice, legit ice, just like in the middle of fairways. I had a, like on the, on the 10th uh, hole on the back, I usually, I'll usually tee off with like three iron and like a good one will get me to like the far end of the, uh of the fairway it's like a hard dog leg left i just teed off with like an easy five iron and it just rolled like <laughs> way down way down um so it was a lot of a lot of bumping and running but um it was cold out there it was ugly oh yeah i mean i i saw people um you know hats uh, mittens on and i <clears throat> i'm all for bundling up don't get me wrong um I'll probably embarrass myself by saying this, but I'll usually wear like a thin layer of pants underneath my golf pants when, um, when I'm going in, you know, cold weather conditions. Oh, I'll yeah, I'll do some, the same thing. Some thick socks, um, some under armor. I don't, if it's so cold, I don't even necessarily feel the need to wear a golf like polo. I might wear like a, a long sleeve golf three quarter zip, something like that. Um, but I don't feel the need to just put on one extra layer. That's a, a polo shirt when I'm just going to cover it with some sort of, uh, you know, long sleeve cover. Yeah, no, not at all. I, honestly, when I went out, when I went out last weekend, I, um, I was just planning on going to the range. So I was wearing like my old, like hockey warm up track pants from high school and a hoodie. <laughs> and like a like a winter hat with like a palm on top of it so i just looked like an absolute degenerate like i i, I hope somebody saw me out there and just was clapping for me from their oh, living yeah. room or something in the condo complex but oh yeah it was uh it was a rare treat to get out there i was uh, i was pretty excited about it yeah i mean that's something we should touch on we should talk about 
you know, like some, some winter golf. I don't know if everybody gets to really experience it, that experience it, especially, you know, down in the warmer parts of the country, but up here we're I don't know, we're all about it. I mean, absolutely. The, the tough part is, is privately owned courses may not have any interest in opening in the winter. Um, you know, there's only going to be so many courses around, um, for me, I, I've got Lyman orchards, which has two 18s. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go down to Groton with Shenacosset. Um, but you know, snow is also a big problem around this time of year. If you live in Northern Connecticut and you get snow, it might stay cold enough for that snow sticks around for a week. Whereas down oh, in Groton, yeah. it'll, it'll melt you know, in a day because it gets warm up there right off the water. There were puddles in every single bunker, um, on Monday. It was, it was, it was so great to get out. I didn't even think of until this moment that we were talking about it, about how every bunker was filled with water. Oh yeah. That's unbelievable. I, um, it, it was funny. I was like taking, I would take like little divots and, the very top layer of the grass was like a little bit soft. But as soon as you got a quarter inch down, like the bottom of your divot was just like a, a a block of ice. Essentially. It was great. Yeah. Playing, playing when it's, when the ground is freezing, uh, that's tough. I mean, not to say I haven't done it. Um, I typically like to play as long as the uh, temperatures, you know, above 38 degrees, something like that. Or if it's going to be a sunny 36, that isn't windy. Yeah. I'm all in. Um, the ground can be frozen. Um, I've, I, I remember one time you and I were actually playing at Corey Ridge in Portland, Connecticut, and your approach shot to the green, you might've been a hundred and thirty yards out, something like that. You're in the left-hand rough, go figure. And you hit a ball that uh, it hit the green it probably bounced 15 feet in the air um oh yeah the, the ground was that hard um but hey it was i'll have to go back and look um i'll certainly post it to the instagram um for the podcast but it it had to be january or february um one of the rare days that you weren't uh, on the slopes for some reason oh yeah oh yeah definitely i know i've been more geared uh towards the golf side of things this year but um hey that's that's a good thing in my book. Oh yeah. Um, something I do a lot during the winter, even something you can do when there is snow on the ground. I try to get to the range a good amount. Cause there's a few, I don't know more out your way, but out my way, there's a few like covered ranges that are have heated bays um, that are like, not, I mean, it really depends on the place you're going. Like some places like, yeah, like they say they're heated, but like, I don't think that heater is turned on in five years. Or there's one heater for every 16 uh, units. Right. Yeah. They have a space heater just like plugged in <laughs> behind one of the, uh, the hitting mats <laughs> facing the guy in the, in the office. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. going to the range is great around me. Not as many places. I will say that I do get my, my, uh, weekly swing fix in with virtual golf. I'm in a, in a golf league there. Oh yeah. Um, that, um, that's going real well, but so we'll spend at least a half hour on the quote unquote range. So, you know, hitting through your bag, uh, we'll spend a little time after the round. So besides the nine holes there, um, I'll also, I have a, a full, uh, driving, um, hitting net and a driving range mat. So I'll hit balls in my garage. I'll just remove my car from it. Uh, not, I don't feel so comfortable to use my driver, but I have clearance enough for, you know, at least on my iron. So good enough to get nice. some swinging in, um, you know, in the middle of the week and then got a, a putting mat to, to work on the short game. 
Yeah, no, I do. I do that a ton, especially just like during the day. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you and I are both on the phone a lot for work. So like there's times that I'll be on a call and I'm just, I don't have like the birdie ball mat over there, but I have the, uh, I, f- I forget who it is. I want to say it's like sharper image. They sell, um, you know, the putting mat that you, you put it and it just kicks it right back to you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So it's great. Like you don't even need to move. You just sit right there. I'll be like on the phone, talk, chatting up people and uh, just rolling some putts. It's great. How do you feel about putting mats that are um, inclined? So you, you put the ball for seven feet and then it goes up a, a slant, a, you know, a slope for nine inches. And then how do you feel about those? Yeah. So I've actually, I've, I was looking at these like last night for whatever reason, like, you know, when you're scrolling on Facebook and like you look up one putting mat and then you get ads for like 12 different companies that make putting mats for the rest oh, yeah. of the year. Um, I kept seeing though. And like, I think I understand the concept. Like they're trying to get you to like putt with confidence, kind of like putt through the hole kind of thing. But then again, like, are these people like come spring, are these people going to be rolling their putts like five feet past the hole and then they're going to have a tough comebacker? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. I haven't put on one personally, but yeah, suspect. I, I saw Dustin Johnson is sponsoring one and that's what made me look into it. And it just seems, I'm not sure why you would want to reach your target and then have enough speed to get the ball up that slope. Don't get me wrong, guys. We're new to this. We don't know what we're doing. We barely know what we're talking about, but I don't understand the purpose. I'm sure there's a reason out there. I'm sure there's a reason why they make it. Yeah, them. there's got to be people in R&D that know more about this than we do. But yeah, I I, I agree. I um, There's even, I've seen one, I don't know what it's called. It's like a little like plastic elevated hole but it's not the full size of a golf hole but your the ball almost like rolls up onto it and like sits into the it's you know yeah it's, i i think it's called the perfect putt um uh, oh, a friend okay. of mine arthur has it and he says it's pretty difficult um well and yeah I mean, no shit like you're basically putting your ball and trying to get it to balance on a tee <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um yeah, I mean, there's tons of golf gimmicks out there. I'll use I'll use alignment sticks on my putting mat to make sure you know I'm lined up straight. I I have a a mirror um, for as a putting aid just to work on that. Just the the smallest things you can do during the winter uh, yeah. to improve your game and just keep yourself you know loose and and used to swinging the club. Yeah. I, um, I was going to say putting is like the best thing to work on in the winter too. Like it, like you, like, I don't know, you have the, the birdie ball mat. I have my mat here. Like it, it's super convenient. Um, and I you think the thing on a carpet. putting too, what was that? You can do it on a carpet. Carpet's absolutely fine. I used to oh, yeah. carpet putt. It's better with like the basement, that thin layer, that thin layer carpet. But once you get your right. speed, it's just consistency of that speed. You need to feel the same motion while putting. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's just like the the repetition and just like finding your putting stroke like that. I feel like uh, this is the most I've rolled putts in a win- in the winter probably ever. And I just like, I feel like when I go back onto a green in the springtime, I'm just going to feel automatic basically. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that, but I know I'm going to lift out all of them. Yeah, that happens. I had an, um, uh, you know, I, I will say actually, I only had one putt this week on monday it was uh maybe 15 foot um but everything else i was leaving myself tap ins tap in two putts and nice on you know you can only ask for so much if you're if you're missing the hole but you're giving yourself a tap in two putt you should be on the green in regulation if you're not if you're two putts for bogey or or worse (laughs) you've it's it's your own fault you know look to yourself or or just blame the clubs just throw money at the problem and just go buy new clubs 
or look to or look to your local pro. Um, no clubs though. I like I like where you're going with this because um, I'm interested in getting new clubs potentially this year and next. And I know you've been through the fitting process a few times. Yeah, would you go get fitted? Is that what you're looking to do? Well, yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm looking into. I want to get a new set of irons. Um, I've never been fitted for a set of clubs. I mean. When I was in like middle school, I know I went like my dad took me to like golfer's warehouse and they had me hit a few different clubs. Like, it wasn't a fitting. It was like I was like right. a 12 year old kid. And they're like, oh, yeah, here, hit these. Which ones feel the best kind of thing. But then oh, after that, I just grabbed like a hand me down set. That was like my dad's old set of clubs. And then uh, I bought a used set at Mike's Golf Outlet in Hartford, Connecticut, which mm-hmm. shout out. I love that place. Yeah. Um, but no, I've never been like fitted for a set of clubs. And I think it's uh, I think it's time I did so. Yeah. So I've actually, so I've been fitted twice. Um, first time it was actually from a golf pro at Stanley at the time. Um, that was about 12, that yeah, 12, would have been 12 years ago. Um, much different back then, much different. Um, I hit a handful of drivers, hit a handful of different seven irons, um, mm-hmm. with different shafts on them. Most of them all cavity back. I hit one set of uh, blades and it just, I was like, yeah, this isn't going to be for yeah. me, man. Um, but pretty much I just chose the irons that I hit the best consistently. Um, yeah. Like they the weren't like thing. telling you like, oh, hey, the data says this. You were telling them like, oh, hey, this felt good. No data. Yep. Sitting yeah. on the range um, and just hitting balls. And the guy's like, what clubs do you want to hit? And we went about it that way, you know, gave me a 10% off and it, it was, it was the, the farthest thing from a fitting, but maybe 12 years ago, that was the common place. Uh, yeah. But I also got fitted this past year. Um, so originally uh, 12 years ago, I ended up getting a Callaway driver, uh, the Diablo Octane and Taylor made burner 2.0 irons this year, you know, 12 years, that's a long time. Um, and you know, things I want to change. So what I do, I threw money at the problem. So go over <laughs> to uh, Chris Cody's shout out, Chris, um, and get fitted for irons. Now, this is much different. This is you're taking a, a stock shaft, putting it on the head of uh, the Callaway, um, the the Titleist, the, the TaylorMade, the Ping, what, whatever is that newest brand that's yep. what they're testing out. They're not just taking a club off the rack and handing it to you because they want to sh- test out the different weights of the shafts, things like that. Stiffness. Um, one of the downfalls, in my opinion, just as me as a person, like I have a tough time hitting seven shots with a club, 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 and then be like, all right, which seven did you like? Uh, all right. Now I've got to go think again and hitting off of a mat as opposed to hitting off of grass. Um, yeah. Two different things for me, at least personally. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I felt a little biased personally, I, I would always like to had tailor made irons. I like tailor made. So I felt like when I knew I was hitting the tailor made irons, I was, I liked that. I liked him more. Yeah. Um, you had a little uh, precognitive commitment over there. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hit the Mavericks like shit. I knew the Callaways were not going to be for me. Ironic yeah. that I ended up um, getting fitted for, uh, you know, worked out getting a Callaway three wood and 
driver. And now I pipe those babies down the fairway. They call me fairway finder. That's what they call me now. Um, Nobody's ever called them that people. Nobody's ever. I call myself that it, (laughs) it will catch on. Um, So two much different times, but I've heard of of so many great success stories and I would absolutely recommend it. Um, You know, adding 20 yards to your drive just on them saying, yeah, you should be used in a different shaft or uh, you should be using a different degree club. Um, So yeah, I I would definitely uh, um, suggest it for you. So how does it, so like, this is something I've always wondered about it. So obviously there's like a bunch of different shafts you can choose from. There's a bunch of different heads. Do they just have like, a bunch of just pre-made combos of different shafts and heads just sitting there waiting and they just keep handing you different ones or are they dropping heads into shafts like on the spot? Like, yeah, dropping work? them dropping them in right on the spot. So they, wow. you're most of the time just going to hit a seven iron. Um, right. That's pretty much how they judge it. So they'll take the head of whatever seven iron, you know, say it's they've got seven new lines of clubs each year. They've got the head for that right there. So they'll just screw it on hand it to you and and you're good to go. Um, The thing about that is though, when you get fitted, they're fitting you for brand new clubs. You're not getting fitted and you're like, Oh, I'd like three years ago. So I could save myself a little bit of money. They're fitting you for what is new. Um, But it's, it's using data that you wouldn't think of. Like one of the big um, units of measurement they use is smash factor. And what goes into that data point, I couldn't tell you, but, Oh, is that like my slugging percentage on the course? Oh yeah. You actually, when you go, when you go to Mike's um, you'll see it on their simulators, it'll tell you what your smash factor is. And that's like how clean you and the, you're hitting the ball. Um, When you look and you see a smash factor of like 1.3 or something like that, you're like, I hit that real well. Um, Or maybe that's, you know, only good for me and not for someone else. Um, Interesting. but yeah, so they'll start having you look at certain numbers, how, ball speed, um, things like that. So it, it's quite an experience. I would certainly recommend it. I had it done literally the week before um, COVID. Um, the you know everyone completely shut down. So I was supposed to have two fittings: one for irons and then one for a driver. The driver one never happened, so I just fitted myself over at Mike's golf outlet by hitting every driver in the simulator. And the one that I hit straightest and longest, most consistently was the winner, baby. <laughs> yeah. If those things weren't used when you got there, they were by the time you left. That's for sure. Oh, I mean, can't beat it. 30 day return policy. Even if no. I break it, woo! forget about it. Forget about it. Unbelievable. All right, cool, man. Well, you sold me. I, um, I definitely think I'm going to do it. I got to figure out where I'm going to do it. Cause there's so many options for that as well, but I'll uh, have to look up some reviews or something, but I'll, I'll report back once I go through that process. Absolutely, man. Let me know how it goes. I, I certainly had a good time at Chris Cody's. I think that the, they're very professional. They know what they're doing, but there are certainly tons of places. Um, yeah, you can go and certainly out by you, um, make it more convenient for you. Definitely. Absolutely. I found a video of us the other day on the golf course. Um, we were, oh man, I don't know where we were playing. Maybe I'll be able to tell you the story and you'll be able to tell me where we were playing. Okay. Um, we were somewhere and you oh, were. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. So we're on earth. 
you were in a what we'll call a sticky situation my friend you weren't necessarily in the woods um which is where i usually am but you were behind a tree you were behind a stone wall you were behind um i can't Uh, remember what uh, is this coming back to you i know i know we were playing at connecticut national okay i don't know was that putnam maybe maybe pomfret i don't know it's out there and um yeah so getting in sticky situations um i i see this video you the other day and as i'm scrolling through my phone just looking at golf videos that's all i do take videos of golfers me all my friends on the golf course actually i'm more taking videos of them no one ever takes videos of me i have no videos of me it is absurd i've got to put them on my own tripod at home and set them up in my driveway my neighbors think i'm bonkers um (laughs) but so uh, as i digress so we're we're coming back so you're behind a tree you're behind a, a, a rock wall you need to get the ball back in the fairway um and you actually pulled it off uh, you hit a great shot um the shot shape was perfect it's one of those shots that you need when you're in those tough situations like you know do i do i hit out of the trees do i punch it back out into the fairway do i take my medicine that way or am i gonna you know just go for it all and roll the dice baby and right that was one of those times that you know you rolled the dice and it really paid off yeah oh i i, I remember every minute of it and i think the the biggest key to those situations is you look over at your playing partner and you tell them what you're gonna do so when you do pull it off in case you pull it off they heard you say it and then they saw you do it. Um, so I, I distinctly remember telling you what I was going to try to do. And I think you probably laughed at me because that just is the appropriate response when I say what I'm going to do. But um, I distinctly remember. Yeah, I was I was like I had to thread it between like two skinny trees, but there is like a three and a half foot stone wall in between both of them. I was probably like 15 to 20 feet away from them. So I had to hit just like a, a low punch, like hook essentially to get it through. And I, I remember as soon as I hit it, I was just amazed at myself personally. I, I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. Yeah. I don't have as I don't, you know, off the top of my head, I'm not coming to that many uh, stories for myself where I was shot shaping to uh to victory. I can remember time after time being on the first hole at Tallwood poking my drive over into those trees on the right there on that par five and saying, yeah, I can definitely get out of there. Bones. I got a window bones and and then hit a tree 15 yards ahead of me. It bounces 25 yards behind where I hit the ball from. And then I'm sitting there like I can't even hit out to the fairway now because now there's a tree blocking me to my left. And then, oh man, I'll just tell you getting in sticky situations it really is important to, you know, bring course management into play. Think about weighing your options. Is it safer to just hit back out into the fairway and take your medicine, take your lumps and move on? There's, listen, we talked last week, you got a nine on, on the first hole, a quad. You end up getting a hole in one shooting an 80. I'm not saying you're going to shoot a hole in one and get an 80 after you start with a quad every time, but you're not out of it just because of one hole as much as we think we may be. So when you're in those sticky situations, sometimes it is better to, you know, take your medicine. But like you said, you're always going to tell your playing partner, Hey man, 
I'm about to try this because in the event that you pull it off all afternoon, are you, bro? Remember what I said I was gonna do? You, you, you saw you get me that on that, camera, right? You, saw, you get that yeah, on camera? Yeah, send me that. Make sure you send me that. Save that. Send me that. Do all the above. Tag, tag me. Tag everyone. Everyone. Everyone you know. Tag them. And I, if you um, miss, you just say, yo, delete that shit. Right. Yeah, dude. Honestly, though, for people like us, we're going to get into sticky situations. We're just not that good at golf. So I think the key is being more prepared for the sticky situations, which is something I started doing probably like two years ago at the range. I just started trying to hit like three quarter punch out shots or like I'd like in my head, I'd be playing like a simulated round. I'm like, all right, well, I jacked up that drive. Like I'm in the trees essentially now. Like, how do I get out of that kind of thing? So stuff like that, I thought helped, helped me prepare a little bit better for that. Cause like at the end of the day, I mean, like as like low to mid teen handicappers, like you're going to be in the junk every once in a while, you're going to have to like, you're going to have to get out of it. So you can either take one to get out of it or take three to get out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the courses we play, I think actually playing up here in New England, I understand you're in New York now, not New England, but um, the courses up here, they are riddled with trees that, you know, Stanley, especially you miss that fairway by 15 yards one way or the other. I'm not saying you should be missing by 15 yards, but you miss it by 15 yards and you're punching out. Um, you're oh, yeah. pu- you might be able to punch out uh, a buck 70 you might be able to get a low runner yeah. but the the overhang from the trees prevents you know those full swings so you're absolutely right going to the range me personally i like going to a range near me down in portland that has grass for you to hit yeah. off of you're not hitting off mats um to work on those shots because with the mats i i just feel like you don't get the same feel um although repetition is good no matter what I'm hoping that's another goal for 2021 though. Less, less sticky situations out on the course. Well, hit the fairway hit that. That's the problem. And I'll tell you now that I am a registered fairway finder, I think the 2021 applications are already being um, uploaded online. Now that I'm a fairway finder, Kev, it's, it's all different. I mean, I only hit the ball 230 yards, so we've got to, we got to find the way to the green from 200 out, but sounds like you're finding the fairway on a couple par threes too, bud. Yeah. All right. That's rude. I don't need to mention. Um, geez, man. Shot shaping out on the course. I wouldn't say I'm a shot shaper. I would say I can, I can get myself out of trouble every once in a while, but I'm not going to be like 140 out. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to hit like, what do you think? Should I hit like a little high draw or maybe like a little low baby cut here, Bri? I'm, not, yeah. I'm never that guy. Never going to be that guy. No, not anymore. I used to be that guy. Now, now I'm more confident with if I overswing the shit out of this three wood, it's going to slice real hard to the right and I'm going to get around that tree or that corner. Oh, that's yeah. more That's more the player and shot shaper I am. Yeah, but that's when you hit the big pull. Well, <laughs> I, there you go. Shot shape's gone wrong, right? Uh, that yeah. That's a perfect example. You're like, all right, I'm just going to overturn this so hard. And then you're like, wow, that went straight. That went far. That went in the oh. woods. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big slicer with my driver. So I, I do that all the time. Like I'll try, I'll aim right down the middle for the first few holes. I'm like, all right, I'm going right every single time. And then I'll get to like the fifth hole. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to aim up left. And then that way I'm going to cut it right into the fairway. Then I just hit a, hit a pill pull it 30 yards left. It's not good. Yeah. I was listening to tiger's book uh, earlier this week. And you know, one of the things he says is 
if you're aiming, just don't aim somewhere where if you hit that straight, you're going to be in trouble. So, Kev, don't do it. Sound advice from the big cat himself. Yeah, you know, I was just trying to, I knew I was going to be golfing on Monday and I was like, you know, I need to get some uh, some good vibes, some good vibes and uh, whew, oof, the big cat did it for me. Now let's talk about sandbagging. I mean, geez. Playing with this guy at Stanley one time, um, who was, he was like a 20 and he ended up shooting an 80. And I remember this was a men's club event. And I remember I'm the one keeping score. And after nine, he's at, at 39. I'm in my head. I was like, damn, this guy's doing good. No emotion, just w- whatever kind of round. After we close up, I congratulate him on the 80. I was like, hey, man, you're, as a 20, like that is such a great accomplishment because it absolutely is. If I oh, ever. Beat- absolutely. And he was just like, yeah, you know, I really left some out there. And just by the way he said that, I was in my head, I was like, wow, man. I, you know, I, I don't feel like this was honest. I feel like it, you, you, you stole some from me here. Um, but you know, it well, is what it is. You're I mean, bagging it. You're it. bagging I mean, it. You'll wins $160 pro shop credit that day from all the skins that he wins. And, um, you know, I'm just over here having a, a Ruben. It drives me nuts because it's so obvious. Like if you and I, like we're generally you and I float between like 12 and 15 on any given day or any given month or whatever. If you or I shot an 80, we'd be pretty happy with our round. You know, like if I shoot an 80, I'm not upset. No, you, I, I guarantee you and I would both say, I fucking three put it on seven. I, I shanked that should've, one. On, I, I, on oh, I should have broke 80. Yeah. Well, right. We're talking about one or two strokes here and we're already shooting <clears throat> better than our, our handicap. Let's say we're at the 13. That's, that's an 85 on most courses. I, if I'm shooting in the mid eighties, I'm happy. That, that's a good round. I'm not a professional golfer. <laughs> 80s, low 80s, that's great. I, right. I'm aiming for the 70s, but nothing wrong with it. Right. Yeah. When I get there, I'm pumped. I don't get there that often, so I can't be pissed at myself all year. Um, but the other thing that gets to me is you, you and I are, I would say you and I are both very honorable as it comes to our handicaps and how we play the game. Like We try to play by the rules, so we have legit handicaps. We have legit scores. I'd rather have a legit 89 than have a like a sketchy 82 that I like took a couple drops on kind of thing. You know what I mean? So I hate, and I've had this happen to me before when you feel like people think you're sandbagging them or like even like say something about it, because if you're playing really well and like to the point that people think you're sandbagging, that means you're having a really good round. So you have the mojo going. And as soon as somebody says something like that, it just like feels dirty or like you feel like you're being attacked kind of thing. And it's, I hate it. Cause like, I, I know you and I both, like we, we care very much about like the integrity of like the whole handicap system. Like it's there for a reason. So for somebody to like try to call you out or something like that, like that pisses me off. Oh, it's, it's brutal. I mean, I remember I, the day I shot that 76 with you, the people in our group had said things like, because at that time I was probably rocking a 14 or a 15 handicap. Um, and I'm a very eccentric person to begin with. So, you know, I'll be saying, Oh, I'll fuck myself on the course or like, I'll be very animated about things. So like, they may not be able to tell my true excitement, but like, I was thrilled. I was shooting out of my mind. Uh, the The week before I shot a 95 with you, like right. there 
are just days where it clicks. And if you find fairways and you find greens, sometimes two putting isn't that difficult to just right rinse and repeat. Sometimes you're just feel, especially like when it comes to putting, like some there's days that you just like feel, you know, your pace, you like your reads are on and you're just like, if it's not going in, it's going to be right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I actually, so I was actually thinking of a time that it was happening to you, not so much to me directly. And it wasn't even that time. Cause like that, that time you were playing out of your mind and that was sick to watch. Like that was super fun. But I remember another time that like, by the time we got to the back nine, that one of the guys we were playing with was just like, he kept like passively saying it. Like he was almost like nudging you and laughing about it, but he said it on like every tee box. So it was, you, I, I distinctly remember it. Your handicap was like a 12. It's a par 71 at Stanley. And I distinctly remember at the end of the round, you shot an 83 and he was still talking about the whole sandbagging thing. And I'm like, he shot exactly his handicap, which obviously I know like the handicap system is built. So it's what, like your, like your, it's not your average. It's like your top 20% around should right. be around there. But still like, it's like, come on, dude. Well, it just shows like how bitter he is about the whole thing. Like if you're worried right. that much about the way someone else is playing, you should probably figure your own game out. Right. Yeah. Plenty there to keep you busy, bud. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It, it, it really is. I mean, it's tough, but you know, that's, that's how it is when you live r- life in the rough. Absolutely. You watched the golf this weekend? Oh, I did, buddy. It was so, oh no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I stacked a ton of wood, a ton of wood this past weekend, but I'll tell you, I was able to catch some footage of the, um, the American Express uh, charity challenge that oh, with uh, Phil and, took uh, place yesterday. Yeah, Landon so Donovan, Phil, I think. So Phil was paired up with uh, Tony Finau and then these um, amateurs. Uh, yeah, I'm it not was sure. Landon Donovan and um, I think it was like a country singer or something, right? Oh, oh, was it? I, it I'm might not have been sure the names of of the people that that does actually sound right, Landon. Um, these it, it's so funny. Um, I had saw these clips, these guys, um, were talking to Phil and Tony. They're like, man, my friends keep sending me text messages. He's like, this ever happened to you? And he's like, well, we don't really check our phones. Like during the round, it's, it's, it's not like that. And he's like, yeah, they're sending me screenshots of, uh, my shot tracer when I just put it into the water. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I could definitely relate to that. My friends would absolutely do, do something oh, like man. that. I could never play on TV. Program. I would be an emotional basket case out there. I, I would be standing over the ball. I'd be shaking. Um, well, the only uh, good thing about it is we wouldn't probably be on TV. They'd probably be panning through that group. And then in tower four, they're like, no, no, Teresa, do not cut the, the whole eight. These no, guys no. are horrible. Go yeah. back to seven. The guy under the umbrella, he is fine. We will yeah. tape him. Yeah. That's life in the rough over there. Ter- Terry, don't not, uh, don't go near them. But I, uh, one of those, one of those greenside bunkers, it was, uh, did you see this? It was 19 feet below oh, the green. Yeah. I was seeing um, Phil was hit. I don't know if it was like practice shots or if he was just like, one of the guys was in there. And he was their shots. challenge is what they were doing. So they were hitting the ball from all over the course. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. I didn't watch it that closely, I guess. I, I, I thought they were playing like an actual round. Uh, no. So, other people were, but this was, it was just unbelievable. It's this just massive sand. It's like the grand Canyon of, of bunkers. It, it really is. Yeah. Just watching guy after guy, try to get out of this thing. It was unbelievable. Yeah. 
I, I can only admit, I know I'm eager to watch uh, this weekend and see uh, how, how people navigate around there. Oh, well, um, we're, we're going to have to start paying more attention because we've got fantasy golf coming up. That's right. We got fantasy golf coming up a couple more weeks. I'm jacked up about up that. I've never done that before. So I'm going to be curious to see. Well, um, by the time the next episode is recorded, we'll have done our draft, I believe. So we can, do, we can probably recap that a bit for the listeners at home. Yeah, hopefully. Um, We've only got a couple responders so far. Little little late Lucy's not getting back to the group email figures. Hey, as long as they get their money in on time, that's all I care about. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Hey, I asked you about the golf last weekend, though, because our, our boy Kevin Na won. I'm a big Kevin I, Na guy. I love, love him. Kevin Na. No, 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 He used to rub me the wrong way. I used to not be a Kevin Na fan. He used to take forever to play. He was one of the slowest players on tour well, six, he, seven years ago. He had like the yips. He had like he, um, it was bad. So first of all, you would, you might even know this. I just didn't even realize this. What, if I told you to guess what year Kevin Na got his PGA tour card, what year would you guess? Uh, 2004. Uh, it was 2003. I didn't realize he was, He's been on tour that long. He has wow. five. He, I think he has five wins on tour, and four of them are in the last four years. So like that's a long time of grinding. Yeah, he ages well. He's like thirty-seven. Yeah. He he just he puts so well. Yeah, yeah. He he really did. Uh, really does. Um, no, good, love Kevin Nah. He's a. I mean, come on. One of the most classic clips out there is him hitting that putt and picking put picking the ball up out of the hole before the thing fully even dropped in there. Yeah, and and then uh, Tiger, and then Tiger does it, and they run away laughing. I, oh man, I would, I would, if that was like, if that was me, if I had a picture of that, that would be like on my on my fucking nightstand. I'd like kiss it every night. I got a cool picture with Tiger. He's joking with me. I'm so cool. That's the new tiger. That's what's great, man. Um, the tiger, you know, 97, 2000, the old tiger, the tiger that wanted to beat everyone to a pulp in every single tournament. He's just so much different. Not that he doesn't want to win every time, but he has so much more fun creating relationships with these golfers out there. Now having a good time 15 years ago, you would have never seen him do all these tailor-made commercials with, you know, Jason day and, and all those guys just shooting shots on the range, just, you know, talking about it. it. It's just, he's really come into his own as an ambassador of the game. And, um, you know, it's great to see. Um, hey man, this was another great episode and um, I hope you guys come back and join us next week. I'm Brian Ackley. I'm Kevin O'Coin. And this is Life in the Rough, the podcast.